0: good evening welcome once again to um, our worship service tonight thanks for joining us uh, our family is loving the new tv show on netflix uh you Verse wild uh, if you haven't seen it bear grills is this former british special you know ops guy and he gets himself into these crazy survival scenarios in the wilderness but here's the cool thing about it it's an interactive tv show where you get to pick what he does. So should he rappel off the cliff or should he zip line off the bridge? You decide, okay? And then he does one of the two and either makes it or he doesn't. Um, Should he eat berries from the bear poop that he just found in the woods or should he forage for tree nuts? You decide, his fate is in your hands. Our family is loving it. Um, But for all you kids here tonight, did you know there used to be a time when choose your own adventure TV shows didn't exist. Okay, it was like a year ago. Um, Try to imagine with me, back in ancient history, when I was growing up, we had choose-your-own-adventure books, and they were amazing. I loved them, okay? I loved these as a kid. They're just like the show, after setting you up with a basic plot, you get to decide where to take the action. And there were sometimes 20 or 30 possible ways it could end. Some were tragic endings, others were amazing and successful and heroic. By far the strangest Choose Your Own Adventure book that I've ever read is called Inside UFO 5440. Amazing title, I know. And since I know most of you know the plot by heart, I'll keep the summary short. The story's about a boy who is beamed up into an alien spaceship and recruited to help them find a planet called Ultima. It's the planet of perfect paradise. Everything you can dream of is true of this place. There's nothing scary or evil that exists there. It's a countryside that, that's beautiful. It's filled with mountains and flowers across the air, plays beautiful music all the time. It's filled with friendship, it's filled with adventure. It's filled with fun. You can go home as often as you want, and you can always return to this place. It's the destination that you're, you're aiming for as you read this book. It's the ending that you want to arrive at. But here's the catch. None of the choices that you make throughout the book actually lead to that page okay? Paradise Planet, it's real. You can read about it in the book. I went back and reread it this week, just to make sure I remember this right. It's on page 101. I know, because I went back to check, there's even a picture and a drawing of it, but no matter what choices you make, good, bad, or indifferent, none of the storylines actually take you to the ending that you're hoping for, all right? The author wrote the perfect ending to the adventure, but made it impossible to find. It's written in the book, but it's unreachable. First of all, I mean, come on, right? Like, that's a cruel joke to play on a third grader who's just hijacked a UFO and he's trying to find Ultima, the planet of paradise. I mean, that's a mean joke. But on the other hand, it does make for a pretty good metaphor for our lives, doesn't it? I mean, as we grow up and we start to make decisions about how to find happiness, about where to invest our time and our energy in a meaningful life, as we choose which paths we want to follow on our own adventure through life, it's like we know in our guts that there should be a great ending to this story, that there should be a better ending to the life that we're living. We intuitively know that we're created for great friendships. We're created for deep love, for for un Um, undistracted and unworried hearts for meaningful work, for satisfying days. We know this because we feel the lack of it, don't we? We miss this world that we've never actually lived in. C.S. Lewis wrote it like this, If I find in myself a desire which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. Our lives are not the way they're supposed to be. They're, they're supposed to be a better story, a better ending to our lives. And yet, no matter how many different directions we choose to take, good, bad, or indifferent choices, um, it's like we can't find that ending we're hoping for. It's always just out of reach, isn't it? It's like it's there. It's written into the book, but it's impossible to find. It's like it's real, but it's unconnected from our actual life. Well, tonight we've been reading through God's big story for the world. It's a story of love. It's a story of grace. It's a story of promises made and promises kept um, from the one who controls all things. It's a story of deep, life-giving relationship. And what I want to suggest to you tonight on Christmas Eve as we anticipate the celebration of the birth of Jesus tomorrow morning is that not only is God's bigger story true and real, you really were actually made to flourish in joy with him forever. That, that paradise exists. But also this, Christmas is the page that God wrote into the story that connects our lives to his hope. Okay, Christmas is the page that actually connects our story to his, it gives us access to the ending that we all kind of know exists, but we didn't. That we, but that we haven't been able to find yet on our own. So what I want to do for another minute here is look at um, Luke two. We read it earlier. I'm not going to read the whole thing again, but I do want to read a portion of it. So if you want to look, it's the fifth lesson in your bulletin. I'll be picking up in verse eight. And in the same region, where the shepherds, or there were shepherds, out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them back into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. All right, so do you guys believe in angels? Angels? When was the last time you asked that question? You know, how's work? How are the kids? Do you believe in angels by chance? Um, I don't know what you think about angels, whether you think they're just a cute story or whether you actually think they're real, but the Bible takes them very seriously. The Bible um, portrays them without irony at important moments throughout scripture, these messengers, these emissaries from heaven, a spiritual realm to earth, out the world that we inhabit. And the presence of angels at the birth of Jesus, it tips us off that we're living in a much bigger story. You see, on the night God was born as a human baby, the angels, they, they pulled back this curtain that separates heaven and earth. And we're given a brief glimpse that there is much, much more going on all around us every day than we normally think. We live in a world infused with spiritual life and vibrancy and meaning and energy. There's a spiritual realm, a reality, that interacts with our physical world, influences our physical world, and affects our lives. We can't see it or feel it necessarily, except it's shown to us on special occasions in Scripture, but it's certainly there. I mean, here. It's certainly here even tonight, nothing here is as ordinary as we think. Nothing is as mundane. Our world has been handcrafted by God himself. Uh, As God spoke everything into existence at creation, he said, that's good. And that's really good. That capital Peak, that turned out exactly as I had in my imagination. And that, that octopus, it's exactly as hilarious as I meant it to be when I spoke it into existence. Our entire world, it ripples with energy because God created it. It reflects his artistic, his generous, his creative heart. And at the pinnacle of creation, God's crowning achievement, he created you and me. He made humanity in his image, to reflect the loving relationship that he has among himself, to reflect his spiritual vibrancy, his eternal meaning. He made us these physical, spiritual beings that were designed to live forever in a relationship with him. That's your story. That's your destiny. That's what you were handcrafted by God to experience. Here's C.S. Lewis again. You can tell I'm a fan. He wrote this It's a serious thing to live in a society of possible gods and goddesses. To remember that the dullest, most uninteresting person that you talk to may one day be a creature, which if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Your story is so much bigger and more beautiful than you and I can see right now. It's like we have those glasses on that only let in one wavelength of light. And so we're walking through the world and we think the color blue is the only real color, but it turns out it's just the only color we can see. And when the blinders are removed, an entire universe of beauty is revealed. And one night, a couple thousand years ago, give or take, the angels, they pulled back those blinders, they pulled back that curtain, and they scared the pants off the shepherds who were just trying to do their job down below. These angels are real, and that's wild. Okay, that's, that's crazy. Uh, spiritual beings populate the spiritual realm that's just outside of the range of vision that we have, but no less real than the person sitting next to us. They tipped us off that we live in a bigger, more beautiful story than we think, But they did this not just to show us something bigger, but to share some amazing news with us as well. This is what they spoke to the men that night. Fear not, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. When they announced that good news, the angels, that that same word for good news that the angels spoke, that's the word in the Bible for the gospel, okay? So literally, this is what they're saying. Don't be afraid. Perceive this instead. Don't run away. Witness this. Behold this. Experience this. I'm telling you the gospel. Here it is. Here's the news that you need more than anything else in all the world. Today, a Savior is born, and he's Christ the Lord. And that's it. That's the answer, all right? That's the missing page in this choose-your-own-adventure story that we call our lives. That's the connection that actually brings our story into contact with this hope that we all have in our lives. There really is a better ending to our story. There really is hope for all the things our hearts long for. All of that is real, the joy, the human flourishing, the satisfaction, the meaning, the rest, the deep connections. We cannot chart our own course to get there, but it's real. See, the right education policies are not gonna create it. Technological advancements, they're not gonna bring it to life. The right political candidate is not going to solve our soul's greatest need. We need a savior. We need something totally different. We need someone loving enough to heal us, but uncorrupted by our sinful world. We need someone good enough to embrace us, but powerful enough to actually bring lasting change. There's only one person in the universe with a resume like that, and it ain't you, and it ain't me. It's Christ the Lord. It's the king of creation. The one who wrote the story of the whole world, wrote himself into the story to save us and bring us back home. See, the one who created and owns uh, all the combined wealth of our entire planet. So the GDP of every nation on earth is his, okay? He made it all. Um, He's the one, that king chose to be born into a poor family, to live in obscurity for most of his life, uh, and then to live as a homeless itinerant preacher for about three years, get a handful of followers who eventually abandon him as he dies in a state-sponsored execution. See, the one who handcrafted all human life submitted himself to death, and was then raised again so that he could chart a path back home for his lost and wandering family. Behold, this is great news. Behold, this is great joy for all people, including us here tonight. For unto you a Savior is born his name is Christ the Lord. As the angels opened the curtain between heaven and earth and announced the gospel, that you and I now have a real path back to the bigger, more beautiful story that God is writing for the world through our King Jesus. Your story can be reconnected to his tonight. Um, Let me finish by pointing out one more thing. Um, I think this is very cool. One of Jesus' disciples, Peter, he wrote a letter to a church a few years after Jesus was killed, raised again, and returned to his throne in heaven. And Peter said something interesting in that letter. It's just kind of a throwaway line, almost an afterthought. In verse, uh, in verse 10 of 1 Peter 1, he says, concerning this salvation, so this announcement that we've been considering tonight, this big, sweeping, beautiful, meaningful story that you're invited into, concerning that it was revealed to the prophets long ago it's been announced to you through those who have preached the good news to you by the Holy Spirit from heaven. And these are things which, into which angels long to look. What? what I mean, what, what does that line even mean? What's he saying? The angels who announced the great news at the beginning, this news of salvation, who probably know far more about the details of God's plan than we do, they long to look into it in ways that only we can. Have you ever noticed that line before? They know the story of salvation better in some ways. They have more information about it. But it's not their story. It's your story, okay? They get to hear it and know it and share it, but you get to experience it. You get to receive it. You get to enjoy this gift of God's salvation, his presence in your life. And the angels who populate heaven are jealous of you. Okay? The angels because because you have that kind of a unique special access. The King of Creation didn't write himself into their story, he wrote himself into ours. At great cost to himself, he charted a path back to the bigger, more beautiful ending that our hearts are longing for. A relationship with him. He did this for you and the angels in heaven are jealous that you have that kind of a relationship. With the living God. So this Christmas, don't just hear the Christmas story again like you've heard it before. Behold the beauty of your King. Don't just understand more information about Jesus. Treasure up these things, pondering them in your heart. Don't just receive the message, receive Jesus as the gift that you've actually been waiting for this whole time. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for the incredible, sweeping, beautiful story that you are writing in this world. Thank you for your creation. Thank you for the glories that you've put here. Thank you for each handcrafted individual that's here tonight. You love them, God. And you're inviting them to reconnect with you. You're inviting them back into the hope that we all know is out there that we just can't reach on our own. God, help us receive and enjoy this gift of Christmas. Help us know Jesus. Help us behold him. Help us receive him. Amen.